0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center
1: field,
2: it is high, it is far, it is gone.
1: Stream minor league affiliates.
2: The Midwest League home run leader.
1: And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month.
2: Deep left field, it's gonna go!
1: Subscribe to add that within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used
2: with permission. Back rolling on the Gabe Kunz on 92.9 FM ESPN. And joining me now, as is customary, on a Wednesday, that will be Ty Richardson, co-host of the Morning Rush, 6 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday at ESPN Arkansas on X at Ty Sports Radio. Ty, what's happening, brother? How are you? Gabe, I'm great, man. It is a Wednesday
1: in the middle of November. Get closer to Thanksgiving next week, conference championships. It is going to be a great couple weekends coming up for food, football, and family.
2: Now, I am, uh, I, I'm curious because I knew about, I knew about your, uh, your golden locks. This is, this is uh, Connor before you even <laughs> came on. He asked me about this because I guess he friended you on Facebook. How long has it taken to grow out the, the golden locks, the, the, the flow, the flow, if you will? I know you usually wear uh, a I hat, think- and that's how people know you, but you, <laughs> you posted one on Facebook, and people, uh, people seem to have fun with that.
1: Yeah, Gabe and, and Connor. It's been uh, since January seventh of this year, so it's haircuts happen next Wednesday. So right before I go on with you guys next week, I'm getting a haircut for Thanksgiving pictures on Thursday. Well, what kind of out.
2: haircut? This is you're just you're just cleaning it up, right? It's just going to be nice yeah, no, shaped no, and trimmed, right? We're not we're not getting rid of the whole thing.
1: Stopped. It's gone. Like it's I I get I get one haircut a year now.
2: Not buzz. Are we talking
1: like almost buzzed? What are we? Yeah, it's not up top, but it's pretty.
2: It's pretty close. You should see Connor's face right this now. This is sinful. He's disgusted. It's Sinful. He is sad. <laughs> sad. He just learned you had uh, it. He just learned you had it. I'm now, jealous that of it. now that you're now that you're going to cut of it him. off, he is. As a man that is he's approaching beside thirty, himself. starting to thin up there. <laughs> I'm very jealous. How dare you? How dare you?
1: I uh I wore is. Funny enough, a lot of the Arkansas broadcasters, like a uh, friend Phil Elson, who does ESPN Arkansas with us, Chuck Barrett, of course, the voice of the racebacks uh, there's one or two others that are all bald. Um, yeah. Some by choice, some by, uh, I guess, reality. And uh, <laughs> I am scared one day when that happens to me. Hopefully the follicles stay stay right up top. We'll see.
2: Don't they say it's mom's, mom's dad, so your maternal grandfather? That's where you get your hair from? Maybe you don't know that. That's what I've always heard. So maybe you're, maybe you're, told. say it again.
1: I said, that's what I've been told. I hope that's not the case. Cause my mom's dad had bad hair. So we'll see.
2: <laughs> I know I'm going to thin out here relatively soon. And I know I'm already thinning out a little bit and I, I want to blame it on my, uh, my old football helmet. You know, I never wore like a skull cap. So I, I want to blame like, you know, losing a little bit of hair thinning on the top on the football helmet. But I know that's not the reality. No, that's just what happens. Sad stuff.
1: Now I'm contemplating my decision next weekend. I don't think I should keep it, keep it through the end of the year, but oh, it's, it's getting awfully long, boys.
2: you got you got to keep it as long as you can. you got to keep it as long as you can, man. Hold on for dear life. That's the truth of I it. Sounds like it. Yeah, and then no-shave November as well, but you don't grow facial hair from what I understand, right?
1: I can't. I'm not like you, man. You could grow a beard in a day. <laughs> it could take me a year. Your beard in a day looks better than my beard in a month.
2: Well, it's a blessing and a curse, though, because it grows unreasonably fast. It, it start to look like ZZ Top if I if I let it uh, let it go more than a week. Rough stuff.
1: Yeah, that's that's tough. Uh, I will say I've I've lived with someone that had to shave not just in the morning but at night as well, and it was pretty crazy how how, how fast it grew. And you're kind of in that same camp.
2: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Now, um, what camp is Sam Pittman in? I've been hearing a lot of rumors, a lot of rumors out there about uh, sort of the Arkansas. Athletic department waiting till the end of the year to potentially move on. Now, Sam has basically said, I'm not worried about it. I'm just going to do what I can in this moment um, to, to make my team the best they can be. Obviously, they lost bowl eligibility last weekend. Um, what what have you been hearing? What's the latest?
1: I think that it sounds like that he's now going to make it at least to the end of the season. I don't think we're going to see a midseason firing like we saw in Starkville and like we saw in college station now that could change if they lose to florida international that is all out yes. the window i mean you can't lose to the team that you're favored by about 30 points this saturday night um but even even say again that would be the one like asterisk in my discussion um but i think that like after the season there will, uh, will be a decision made one way or another um, I, I still think that it, it's better odds that he stays on okay. than people. Some people anticipate, but I mean, they, they, he's got to show this this fan base, board of trustees, Hunter check and and them something down the stretch. It's just it's a very difficult spot right now because so many people like Sam Pittman.
2: Yeah, and I think there's this you know right now. I, I don't know how safe he is. But against Florida International and Mizzou, if they just sort of roll over and die, that all changes very quickly. And I've seen that happen a lot. When you lose bowl eligibility, yeah, you know, the, the motivation uh, within that locker room, within that, within that team, sometimes for certain teams can go away. But I do think for the most part, besides last week, I mean, Auburn just absolutely trounced them. Um, I think for the most part they've really fought. They've, they've held on to that rope. Like they have not given up on Sam Pittman and that coaching staff.
1: And as a former college football player, you know sometimes there's just weeks that it doesn't happen for you. And I'm not just talking about like a close loss or something. Like, like just nothing goes right. And that's what happened for the – I would say the first time all season, even in the Texas A&M game, there was bright spots or two. There were zero bright spots in the Auburn loss last week. I mean, offense, defense, special teams, it was horrific. Yep. So now you move on to, again, what's a, a supposed cupcake team, and then you close out against – probably the coach of the year, and Eli Drinkwitz, at home. And by the way, he's an Arkansas guy, so there's always something on the line for him. So we'll see if this team has anything. We'll see if they have any life left or if they get beat by 50 in the final game of the season against the Tigers.
2: Now, before we hop into college football playoff and what we're actually going to see on the field, who can make a run at the college football playoff ultimately, I do have to get into firing Zach Arnett with Mississippi State. That's something that I think has been predetermined for about three or four weeks um, came to a head against A and M, fifty-one to ten. Not good, just not good. Ultimately, and and Mississippi State's going to move into the future. I think it's a really important hire for them. I don't have many notes on that. I'm sure you have plenty of notes like I did when I came in on Monday about Jimbo Fisher, though. Seventy-six million dollars worth of a buyout, and now A and M. This is the. Uh, I I don't I don't want to put it this way, but I feel like I have to. This is the most important hire for their um their their future in the SEC and, and what they can actually be. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma jumping in, um they're no longer alone. They wanted to get away from Texas. They 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 know that they can't do that anymore. This hire is so damn massive for the future of that football program.
1: Yeah, Ross Bjork's got a lot on his on a lot on his plate here and they host the Longhorns next season. So, you got to start off strong in on the recruiting trail. You got to start Austron in the series as it sparks up again. And it's going to be an every year thing I would anticipate. So there's a lot riding on Texas A&M right now. And my guess, like they've done in years past, is they're going to have to go after a blue chip hire, like a guy, like a big name. And that hasn't worked for them. It just hasn't. And I don't, it's it's hard to ask a fan base, hey, we got to trust in a lesser hire guy. I don't, perfectly honest, I don't know who that is. Now the one big name hire that I think would actually have success down there is kid that's or I said kid, that's at Oxford, Mississippi yep. right now, and Lane Kiffin. And if you're going to pursue someone that's a big ticket name, Lane Kiffin would be not my number one target. A lot of other guys that I've heard, not so much. Don't think it would work out. He'd be my guy though.
2: What what went wrong in your opinion with with Jimbo? Like was I, I, I I've struggled with this. Was he just not as good? When he came in as we thought he was as a national championship coach with Florida State, or I, I I have debated if there's something intrinsic with that AM football program where these expectations are so high, guys tend to crumble under them. Like I, I have I've gone back and forth. I am I'm, I'm I'm interested in your thoughts.
1: Gabe, it's a combination of a bunch of things. One, there's no history there. There never has been. Right, there never it's has. Struggled. I'll give you that.
2: We we've talked about that on several occasions.
1: Yeah, Southwest Conference, Big 12 Conference. I know they started strong in the SEC. No championships though in this league, so there's no history. Two, the expectations when you set up a plaque, basically or a mantle, future national champion, that's way too high because yeah. there is no history. And three, the, the Jimbo theme. So Florida State is a, is a unique job, right? You're an SEC country, but you don't have to play against SEC competition. He had a Heisman Trophy winner, one of the best quarterbacks in the last de- two decades, Jameis Winston, and he had an SEC roster, and he learned from one of the best coaches ever, Bobby Bowden, and took over him. So he inherited a great situation, he had an All-American quarterback, and he played in a lesser league. And then he faced an Auburn team, albeit who was still really good that year, 2013, Nick Marshall, uh, that whole squad. I think Sammy Coates might have been on there as well, right. uh, and, and, uh, just to it. It wasn't – it's not the same Alabama team. It's, it, it's not the Auburn 2010 team. It wasn't an LSU. It wasn't an Urban Meyer, Florida. I would say it was the lesser SEC champion of maybe the last two and a half or two decades. So that's who you face to get that said national championship. So a lot of things, again, culminated to that point of him arriving in College Station. And, frankly, you could argue Kevin Sumlin had more success, not just based on record – Based on what happened, I know they had that one nine and one season, but the other part of this is I mentioned Jameis Winston. Dave, he never developed a quarterback outside of Kellerman, who wasn't his guy originally. He had one good season of a quarterback, and that was the COVID year with Kellerman. Outside of that, there was a bunch of average to below average
2: guys. Heck, I would, I I mean, when we talk about Kevin Sumlin and and Jimbo Fisher, back to back, the best year was the 11 and 2 Johnny Manziel year where they're getting over Mm -hmm. top of Bama and making things happen. That's the best year they've had. In that run of of coaching, and I don't I don't know if it's all that close. Like you could you could argue the night in one year, but that was turned COVID. There's a lot of things that that went right for them. Kellen Mond finally started to get right, but I'd argue of this coaching run, Kevin Sumlin had the best season, and I, and I don't know if a And M fans would really argue with that.
1: I think it's hard to. And then I mean, Keensbury leaves, and we've we've seen the a good chunk of us have seen the Johnny Manziel documentary. So. Yep. Once the cat was out of the bag, there was no way you were going to put it back in. And they had it. I, I think they went like nine and four the next year, ten and three. So they weren't bad. They just weren't again stacking it up. Eleven. They weren't stacking it up back to back. Eleven and two seasons. So how this plays out is going to be a lot of fun. Texas A and a way better job than Starkville. There is a lot more pressure associated with that. Starkville's very unique. We saw Mike Leach take the job. The Lake Mike Leach. How unique the guy he is. Dan Mullen won there. So who they end up with is is going to be intriguing not just from the SEC coach's standpoint but how that may or may not affect the Arkansas job that could pop open either after this season or in years to come.
2: Um I've been asking this question though but on the A&M job last thing on this before we get to the college football playoff. Do you think it's a good job? Like do you think that A&M Texas A&M is a good job to take if you're a college football coach? Hmm, that's a great question. (laughs) And And also there's nuance to it, right? It's like hard to give a full affirmative or a full negative answer to that.
1: I think the answer is yes, but it has to be taken by the right guy. And I think in the back of his mind, I want to go back to Lane Kiffin. He wants that Alabama job, but unless he beats Nick Saban, he's not going to get it. And we've seen, like we saw in Athens, Georgia last week, like we saw when those teams had pitted either in Tuscaloosa or Oxford, Kevin doesn't have the dogs to beat Nick Saban or Kirby Smart. Now, if you park your you-know-what in College Station with the number one recruiting class as of two years ago, a, an incredible NIL program that he's mocked and made fun of at times, it's a different story. It's a different game. Now, again, the, the, the expectations associated with that job are a lot higher than where they are in Oxford right now. But I think Lane Kiffin, if they somehow swindled him from one SEC job to another, which we've seen before, i.e., Tuberville from Ole Miss to Auburn, yep. that would be, I think, the best hire that that school could make mm-hmm. in this in this situation.
2: Talking with Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas on X at Ty Sports Radio. Now we had a switch up in the college football playoff rankings: Georgia hops Ohio State; they get to one. Ohio State is two. Michigan three. Florida State. At number four, and then we're going to fight it out at the end of the Big Ten season to see Michigan, Ohio State, who actually comes out alive. Um, but did you? I mean, I know what Georgia did. You know, they had top ten team. Um, they had them at home in Ole Miss, and they pounded them. I mean, they they have this way of reminding you that they are still Georgia at some point during the season, and I think that was their statement win, fifty two to seventeen over Ole Miss is is phenomenal. Um, but do you think that was enough to have them hop Ohio State? Like, did, were you? That's sort of the great debate going on right now. Do you think it was enough for them to get the number one spot?
1: Well, I think the whole idea initially with Ohio State was it went on the road to Notre Dame and won. That win is not as great as it was a few
2: weeks ago. And then
1: Penn State and, as well. Yeah, and Penn State, and, and, and State, again, they've only lost to Ohio State and, and Michigan, I believe. So correct me if I'm wrong about that. But their their offense is just anemic. I mean uh, that yeah. Franklin, as good as that defense is, <laughs> their offense is so bad, and you just feel for the Manny Diaz, the defensive coordinator up there. So I didn't have a huge issue with Georgia jumping, and I think you framed it best. Is they they just reminded the college football landscapes like, hey, we're still the big dogs until someone knocks us off, and they deserve to be at that point unless they lose this weekend in Knoxville or in the SEC Championship to Alabama. What's curious to me is if you have Georgia make it all the way unscathed and lose like a last second or OT to Bama. Bama's sitting at 12-1. and They're sitting at 12-1. Maybe Texas ends up winning out. They're 12-1 and with the winner on the road in Tuscaloosa. Washington's undefeated. Then you have Ohio State or Michigan's undefeated and Florida State
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking
1: in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi view mode and catch up with in game highlights plus original programs minor league broadcasts and local pre and post game shows go to mlb.tv to start your free trial today blackout and other restrictions apply major league baseball trademarks used with permission
2: i don't know what but, I, but, I, but do here's the thing and recorded. how much do you how much do you take into consideration championship games in conferences because i think if alabama beats georgia it's like you you have to throw them in there they have to be yeah. in the college football playoff, but then Georgia cool. at twelve and one, having run through their schedule the way they did until they met Bama, that would be it. Would be hard to leave them out as well. But you're, you're going to yeah. have some really tough decisions to make. Now, do I do I? I, think I, I root for chaos. I don't think all this chaos is going to happen, though. Right? Because yeah, that's just I, sort of I'm what I've around. what I've become accustomed to.
1: I could see Washington slipping up against Oregon in that championship game. Florida State maybe against Louisville, maybe somehow the Gators give it to him the Swamp, I don't think all that's going to play out. But I would argue, and this this is going to get some pushback, but I, I, I still believe this, and I'm not a Texas fan. I hate that school. But the best win <laughs> of college football would not be Alabama beating Georgia in the SEC championship game. It would. It's still Texas, Texas on the road. Tuscaloosa. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you don't win in Bryant-Denny Stadium. You just don't do that. I don't care if it was week two. I don't care if it's week 12. You don't yep. win in Bryant-Denny Stadium. And people will say, well, Melrose, not the same guy, this and that. Like, Texas abused that Alabama team. Just abused them on both sides of football. They didn't score, they didn't score touchdowns late in the third. So, I still think if that played out, and I hate defending the Longhorns, but <laughs> you've gone through quarterback issues, you went on the road against Alabama, your only loss, if it played out that way, would be to a rival team in Oklahoma by, like, a tight margin. I think in that situation, Texas would have to be a member of the college football playoff this year. That's crazy. And I, I hate that I'm talking. I was to say
2: talking to an Arkansas guy. I'm surprised you didn't dry heave while you said that. Good lord. No,
1: it's it's tough. Like. Um, and I don't know like who, who's Memphis's biggest rivalry? like who do y'all hate more Davis gave. Oh well when, when
2: I when I was there it was Houston but obviously they're into the Big 12 yeah. now. And obviously the, the, the yeah. right now in this conference it's it's just strange. I guess UAB, right? Cuz there is UAB. a trophy. It's a trophy game, you know. But uh, but but, but, okay. but while the AAC was still together, um like we knew it last year it was Houston.
1: I I and I know that's not necessarily a traditional rivalry but the, the UCF thing to me was was very intriguing. Yeah. Um for for Memphis. I always thought that was a, a cool aspect. But be, what you, what I'm frame or what I'm setting this up is that would be like you getting on petitioning for yes. Houston to make the college football playoff is what I just basically <laughs> did. It pains my soul to do that, <laughs> but that's just what I think about it.
2: Now with Alabama though, like okay, we're talking about this uh, potential for this SEC championship to go their direction, and Georgia and Alabama to both have a one loss. What do you think the likelihood is that Alabama can go beat Georgia in the SEC championship in the SEC championship? Since that is what is going to happen. That's a great question. Bowers I, I can't count Georgia. them out, Ty. That's the thing. Like I, I'm never, I'm ne- especially with Nick Saban, but also like when you just look at the numbers of Kirby versus Nick Saban. Nick Saban's four and one against them. The only time they won. Georgia was when you had you know all these receivers go out it was Jamison Williams and John Mechie all out at the same time they they mounted a second half comeback in the national championship that was the only time Georgia was able to get over top of Nick Saban and Alabama and I think people lose sight of that because Georgia has won the last two national championships
1: yeah and Bama's defense has woken up this year I was hoping they'd stay dormant unfortunately there's just too much talent I think the question is how – how that you'd have to ask yourself at that point is how good is Jalen Milroe? Because we – like he's not going to run for four touchdowns on Georgia like he did against LSU a couple weeks ago. That's just not going to happen. So do you trust this guy? And I'm not just talking about the deep ball that he's pretty good at. Can you put him in situations if you're Alabama and Tommy Reese that he's still making plays and not mistakes? Because he's been mistake-prone even in the win streak. And if you do that against Georgia – I think Carson Beck, Brock Bowers, and that offense are, are going to capitalize. And they'll yeah. do just enough. That's a salty defense, as we know. Just ask Jackson, Darden, Ole Miss. So I would probably – you bring up the record. You're valid in saying that. Smart is 1-4 against Saban. The only time they win a national championship is those All-American wide receivers are out. But I would probably still give the edge to Georgia in this situation. Right. Just because of where they are in the college football spectrum right now, even if Smart has, again, been beat by Saban – four or five
2: times. And I'll say this, I don't think Alabama gives a damn about like I don't think they are worried going into the week against Georgia. Yeah, they they know that it's a good team yeah. on the other side, but they're like we have as many four stars and five stars as they do. We have as much talent as they do. We just have to uh we have to limit them and make things happen. So like I somebody told me this and I and I keep sticking by it cuz I think it's true. I think that Alabama is just about the only team in college football that doesn't get beat the week leading up to the Georgia game.
1: I I like that. I'd be curious with Michigan, the way they've kind of rallied around. this.
2: And we saw Ohio State last year as well, you know, stick in there and and give them a fight.
1: McCord's. I mean, we're seeing what Stroud's doing this year in the NFL. There's a reason that they were able to stay in that game because you had a pro-ready quarterback that was playing college football last year. I I can't say enough about what he's doing for the Texans, but – yeah, I would probably agree with that. I think I just don't see Ohio State having enough offense to be able to beat Georgia. And I, I, Michigan, I know McCarthy, Corum, I mean, that's you could debate that's the best trio in all of college football in the backfield with the quarterback and the two uh, running backs. But I just don't know if Georgia is able to stop the run if they can do it. The defense would stand up to back in that that team a lot, but you can only do that so many times before the offense gets way. But Bam is not afraid. They are not afraid walking into Atlanta in in three weeks or two and a half weeks to take on the Bulls. It's weird. It's already set, but here's where we are right now.
2: Yeah. Now, uh, real quick, I know we're in award season, and this is sort of hopping into the weeds, but the Broyles Award is the award for the top assistant coach. One thing I have not been able to make sense of, they had their 57 uh, finalists announced. Uh, Here at Memphis, uh, the uh, offensive coordinator, Tim Cramsey, uh, Ole Miss, Pete Golding, Tennessee, Tim Banks. Like, I'm fine with all that. I looked at Alabama's. Tommy Reese over Kevin Steele, does that make any sense? Tommy Reese, the OC, over their DC Kevin Steele. Does that make any remote sense to you, considering the way the season's gone for them?
1: No, I mean, that th- the season they've had has been because their defense, not their offense. Not that their offense has. Their offense has woken up, up
2: but it took a while, right? They, the defense has yeah. paced the entire season, seemingly.
1: Yeah, they've been, again, the calling card, as they often are under Nick Saban. I mean, this is, a, again, a, a more – this Alabama team on overall is more like the first Alabama regime, like the pre-Kiffin, yep. the pre-Dable, the pre-Loxley. And now they've, again, shifted back They're closer to that. Now, they still spread it out and stuff, but it's more power run, and you've got Milro running a lot. The dude's a leader. So, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me why you'd have a Reese over Steele at that point. As long as Steele's been around, he's probably won one of those suckers and
2: tried to yep.
1: distribute it to someone else.
2: Yeah, now last couple of things for you. Are you uh, are you as surprised as I am to see Mizzou doing what they're doing, number 11 in the country, and what they just did to Tennessee? That was 36-7, to and we have Cody Schrader leading the SEC in rushing. He ran for 200 yards, caught for another 100 yards against that Tennessee team. This Mizzou team, like I don't know what the sustainability of it is going to be, and, and obviously Arkansas is going to have to see them in a couple weeks, but – that has been one of the most surprising outcomes of this entire, not just SEC season, but college football season, this Mizzou team and and, and how well they're playing.
1: Daringoids is a smart, nerdy coach yeah. that works. And I, again, he's an Arkansas guy. And it pains me every time that he walks into Fayetteville or struts around Columbia after a win over the Razorbacks. But it's going to keep happening because – now he has momentum on this side. I mean, you're, you played you played ball in St. Louis. You yep. know how many great football, dudes. high school football players.
2: There's dudes, um, and there's also dudes. we we talked yeah. about it. What was it a couple a few weeks ago or maybe about a month ago? Missouri has passed the law with NIL saying if you're a high school player that commits to an in-state uh, institution, you can earn NIL dollars in uh, in the yeah. state of Missouri. So like that helps him as well. Like they have momentum on their side more than people are giving credit.
1: And I know Ryan Wingo, the star wide receiver, and I think SLU committed to Texas, yeah. but him and his dad didn't decline. Missouri continued recruiting him. So even with guys, even like you're talking about, guys could be committed elsewhere. But, I mean, National Signing Day is not till early signing period. It's not until December. So you got Missouri with the ability not only in-state but just to go to these kids' houses. And, or I, And again, I'm, I'm getting in the weeds here, but uh, the ability to be like, hey, we can do this, we can do that. You're still in high school and you can make this now that other schools don't have an opportunity to do. So but the momentum keeps up, which I don't think, think it stops anytime soon, uh, Missouri is going to continue to have success in the college football world, and he's the coach of the year. I don't think it's oh, close. Oh, yeah.
2: I don't think it's close.
1: Him, him or K, Kiffin's two, drink is one based on expectations preseason. I think you've got to give it to Eli Drinkwitz.
2: Yeah, no question about it. I, I fully agree. Now, how much uh, – this is the last thing, I promise. How much have Arkansas fans tuned out and moved on to their number 14 basketball team?
1: Man, you should you have should heard some of these calls this week. I mean, people are still passionate. They say they're not, and then they'll wake up at 6 a.m. and call on a sports radio show and just bash <laughs> and, and still rant and rave. But I would say that they say that, but it's not reality. I mean, I still care. I'm going to watch the game this weekend, even though I, I probably could find better things to do. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to the game right. in Walton Arena on Friday night. So, basketball, season. what happens is next Wednesday, they start their, uh, Bahama they start the Battle of Atlantis, they yep. play Stanford next could, Wednesday, could, and then they'll either play. Could they meet Memphis go in go that?
2: Ahead. I be- Could they meet yeah. Memphis in that? I believe they could.
1: Yep. I hope it happens. Yeah. I hope we see a Penny-Eric Mussman matchup, man.
2: Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. And by the way, I mean, I there's just, I mean, like, when you just look at that Arkansas roster and what Muss has been able to do, they're just, like, top to bottom they have dudes. Caleb Battle's been phen- phenomenal. He hasn't even started. L. Ellis, from Louisville is a scorer. He can make things happen. Traymond Mark, we got to see him a lot at Houston. He is a dirty work guy. Trayvon Brazil off the ACL. Devo Davis still around for his fifteenth year of uh, of college basketball. They they are they're a scary team. They're a terrifying team. I think in a lot of ways in college basketball. This I don't
1: year. I don't know where minutes logged where they rank, but you have eight scholarship seniors on this roster and some of them are like COVID slash super super seniors so I mean you factor all that in and Devo being the most prominent one because he's an in-state kid he's started now four straight years um started the tail end of his freshman season I mean it's it's insane how that is has changed um in college basketball where you have the amount of transfers you have and Musk was doing this pre-transfer yep. where it was really utilized like it is today so I would say he has an advantage over almost Every coach in the country at this point.
2: Yeah, and uh, Jeremiah Davenport, I forgot about him at Cincinnati. He was he was Cinderella. solid. He's there. And by the way, take care of Chandler Lawson. Take care of Chandler Lawson for uh, for us Memphians.
1: Yeah, I like Chandler, man. He, uh, he 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 hasn't had the best couple. He played incredible against Purdue, and has just kind of played okay since they haven't had the same level of intensity. Uh, coach talked about this this week, but he goes up against his former team next week on Thursday yeah. or Friday, whatever it's going to be. I guarantee that intensity level will come right back. Yeah, potential Chandler revenge
2: guys. game. Yeah, I see it. And against Duke. I'd imagine that everybody will be up for Duke.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And oh, I, yeah. Yeah, a, I got to watch him last night as well. They're, they're, they're a very good team. They're a very solid team.
1: Kyle <laughs> Filipowski has already fallen in line with the Grayson Allen, the Christian Lakeners, yep. the Cherokee Parks, the Bobby Hurley. Pick the least likable white dude on Duke, <laughs> and he's the guy that everyone hates in college basketball every year. It's yep. like clockwork.
2: Yep, no question.